Are you tired of spending hours sharing and sending offers to likers? Introducing Posher VA, the web program that will save you time and increase your sales. With Posher VA, you can automatically share your closet, send offers to likers, and schedule your share times all with just a few clicks. Using code ELDUCHO, you can try Posher VA for two weeks for free, no credit card required. Posher VA is not just another program, it is your program. Say goodbye to manual sharing and hello to even more time in your business. Try Posher VA today using code ELDUCHO, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast. I'm your host, Denali, and I'm a full-time reseller on eBay and Poshmark. My store and closet name is El Ducho, E-L-D-U-C-H-O, and you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as El Ducho Thrift. This week is a follow-up episode. I last interviewed my guest on January 12th, 2020, and this guest is Cindy of Amazing Taste Store. You can find Cindy on Instagram under the username Amazing Taste Store, and all of that information will be in the show notes for you. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Hi, I am so excited to be here. Yeah, so am I. I'm so excited to do this follow up episode. I was just telling Cindy before we hit the record button that I didn't want to talk too much. <laughs> I didn't want to say too much before before we started because I, I feel like I have so many, you know, thoughts and questions to ask you. So I was like, let's just get into it. And thankfully, she agreed. So thank you again, Cindy, for being here. And I you know, I was listening to when we last recorded in January 12th, 2020. And I, I listened to the episode and, and I, I took some notes on what we talked about and what were some of your answers at that time. So I kind of wanted to read back to you what oh, you gosh. had to say. I know, I know. This will be really interesting. So, so I just but wanted... everyone should remember this was right before the pandemic. Yes. Hit, so yes, exactly. So, right. Because, uh, you know, we really things started ramping up around March. And so there was no thought of anything changing in our businesses at that time. So at the time when we spoke back in January, you had started Amazon a few months prior. So we're talking late, basically uh, fourth quarter, 2019. And you said that you were thinking about you know, now being a couple months into it, you were thinking about backing away from Amazon and going to a fulfilled by Amazon as opposed to merchant fulfilled approach with Amazon moving forward. You said that you preferred eBay because there was a better conversion rate on on eBay and it was a faster, quick money. Mm -hmm. And... I asked if, you know, you'll continue to do both. You said you're going to do both, just reselling clothes and everything, but you're not going to go a hundred percent on Amazon. You (laughs) thought about doing, (laughs) you thought about doing more print on demand, not, and, and looking to the future for the rest of 2020, you said more print on demand, not too many other changes with kids graduating from school or approaching 
the end of their schooling. Again, thinking about more fulfilled by Amazon. And then you also kind of teased about a new small group offering that would you would talk about more in February of 2020. So you were already doing small group coaching sessions, you know, for reselling on eBay and different platforms, but there was something else coming. So with all of that said, Cindy, you know, going back a few years, how has your business and life changed since we last recorded? Holy cow. I feel like I've come full circle from that moment. So January 12th, 2020. Yeah, we had been doing Amazon, but the Q4 of 2019, we'd really pushed hard against Amazon and that was great. And we did really well. But then, yeah, we were thinking we would go back to eBay and do eBay and save Amazon basically for Q4 when that velocity is there and when those conversion rates are there. But then everyone knows the pandemic hit and threw everything on its head. Luckily for us, we were blessed that we were already on Amazon. We already had all of the ungates. We already had all of the knowledge. FBA was not an option because the warehouses closed down. So we had to do merchant fulfilled. But because we already had that knowledge, we were able to instantly just shift gears and go 100% Amazon and do really, really well. And I feel like we were very, very lucky and very, very blessed that 2020 was one of our best years ever. And it was because we had already had all of this other set up and we were able to shift so quickly. So yeah, so we ended up 100% Amazon through, you know, lockdown and all of that in 2020. But I will say as soon as we could get back to eBay, we did. Because even though we were doing really, really well on Amazon, we knew that Amazon was great because we had kind of run it in the background and we knew what we were doing. So we wanted to continue that with eBay because we knew that this this blip in the in the matrix here with the <laughs> pandemic that was going to end. And when it ended, what was going to be the best route? Was it going to be eBay? Was it still going to be Amazon? Was it going to be print on demand? We didn't know. And so, you know, don't burn any bridges. We kept everything going on at least a small scale as much as possible through 2020. But we did, we were probably 90% Amazon all the way through summer last year. So summer of 2022, mm-hmm. because, you know, then we got into the, the shipping delays and, and all of that, which just created a lot of Amazon opportunity, which was fantastic. But then we started to see the writing on the wall with Amazon and seeing a lot of people come in, a lot more people come in and then Amazon take down some of the barriers to entry, some of the gating that had been there before they kind of started to let up on. um, And just a lot of things have changed there, uh, price alerts and all of that. And so we kind of started to see that writing on the wall that maybe the profit margins aren't going to be as good here. The velocity isn't going to be as good here. So we started, luckily this time there was no pandemic, so we could slowly shift. Uh, so we have started to slowly shift back to eBay starting 2023. So okay. <laughs> we've come full circle back to where we were. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy. Well, it's it's just crazy to think that it was three years ago. That's pretty wild in yeah. itself. 
you know, one thing that when I was listening to the episode this morning, one thing that popped into my head, which is pretty obvious, but kind of amazing is, is the timing of when you started Amazon. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I guess anybody who had been on Amazon prior to the pandemic consider that great timing, but you had started a few months prior. You started at one of the busier times of the year. So you really were able to get your feet wet. You mentioned becoming ungated in areas Mm -hmm. and categories that were going to be helpful to you just in general, you know, at that time, I mean, did you look at it in that way? Like, oh my gosh, wow. Good thing that we thought to take on, you know, Amazon at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. When everything started shutting down and, and after I will be totally honest, everything started shutting down. I think I cried for like three or four days straight. Like, what are we going to do? I had like Mm -hmm. complete anxiety, panic attack. And then once, you know, we came through that, um, it's like, holy cow, we have this huge opportunity and we could order things online from stores that still, that were still open, have them delivered, list them on Amazon and sell them the next day and ship them out. Mm -hmm. And so we had this huge opportunity and it was kind of like just falling into it. Um, Yeah. The timing was perfect. Yeah. We, we got really, really lucky in that. Yeah. And when we spoke, you also mentioned, and and maybe this is not going to be the case in this instance, but it, you mentioned about, we were talking about bad buys and kind of taking risks and it's just something you have to do. And you, you kind of learn from it. You mentioned at that time, there was like a bad buy that you had done that you said it was going to cost you like $700. It was going to be some sort of loss for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you remember that one specifically, but in general, were there items that you found that you had sent in already that weren't moving, that weren't doing well, but because of the pandemic, all of a sudden, all these items sold? Oh, for sure. Once the pandemic hit and people weren't leaving their homes, you could sell anything. I mean, there was a period of time there where if you could get your hands on the product, and you were ungated to sell it on Amazon, it would sell period. I mean, it was, it was like printing money. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Well, I'm sure we'll never see again, but yeah, it, those bad buys, it just, it wasn't happening. It was Got just it. that, that crazy. And by the time that the pandemic hit, were there still categories that you were unable to sell in that you feel like, oh gosh, I wish we had been ungated in those? No, most of the things that we wanted, we spent every dollar of capital that we had. I'll put it that way. So (laughs) anything that that we had that we could throw against it, we threw against it. So yeah, I'm sure that there were other categories that we could have bought product in had we had the capital to do so, but we had plenty of opportunity to buy. Got it. And, and, you know, in, thinking back about that time and there was a lot of talk about you know sellers on the internet like price gouging or or stuff like that of course like I don't think that you probably were charging a hundred dollars for a roll of toilet paper or anything but did did you find that prices just were kind of going up did you experience that in your selling oh yeah and things were going for crazy prices um we would see the uh, the stimulus checks come in 
and mm-hmm. people would pay ridiculous amounts of money for things. Now we we didn't sell things like toilet paper and that sort of thing. We didn't sell masks just as a personal choice. Uh, we didn't sell those, but things like a puzzle, you know, like I, personally, I feel like that's not a need. So where, you know, if the market is demanding this price for it, then the market is demanding this price for it. And we sold a lot of puzzles for a lot of <laughs> Do you have, do you know how many puzzles you probably sold? Oh, hundreds upon hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> Lots. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. They would come in and they would stack in front of the door to where you couldn't open the front door for all of the packages. And just as soon as we would log them into Amazon, they'd be gone. Wow, yeah. that's and the markups were ridiculous. And for you guys, you know, I know that a lot of your business prior to, you know, to the pandemic was going into thrift stores and sourcing items that way. So once the pandemic hit, I mean, you mentioned having stuff brought to you. I mean, were you ordering liquidation? How were you kind of getting items? Um, so we still did retail arbitrage, but we were just doing it online. So, but it was still just whatever stores were still open and still delivering. We did do some liquidation out of, you know, because different states had different lockdown rules. So you had to find the state that didn't, that wasn't totally locked down. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there, there was some of that, but most of it was just where what companies are still open that I can still just get delivered from that I can just buy straight online yeah I mean I think it's kind of interesting that you know you said you were just ordering from stores have it sent to you and then you were sending it off to Amazon because in general I would think at that time you know like let's say you were ordering from I don't know maybe a Target for instance Mm -hmm. I mean wouldn't I would think everybody would be competing to get those items. If they're in such high demand on Target, why weren't they on Amazon? I mean, was it just a matter of like being the first? Yeah. And it was a matter of figuring out what time Target updated their stock. Got it. And then being online at that moment to order them. Got it. Okay. Wow. So, So, I mean, you must've been up at maybe odd hours of the morning oh, yes. and evening. Yes. But anyone who knows me knows I don't sleep a whole lot anyway. I'm always up at three o'clock in the morning. So it was all good. So it wasn't a problem for me. Yeah. And being that it was all merchant fulfilled and this, you know, you said this was one of your best years ever. I mean, I have to think that, you know, because at, at the time when we spoke, you said that your business is operating at your house and it might mm-hmm. still be today. I mean, did your house just turn into a, a warehouse? Uh-huh. It most <laughs> certainly did. I mean, there were times like we would have our entire living room just stocked with puzzles and different things like that. Like just, it was, it was absolutely insane. But, but if we'll say it was crazy, but then we had the money. We took our entire family on a seven day Caribbean cruise off of pandemic Amazon earnings. Right. So it was worth it. Yes. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy there for a while. Yeah. Well, and I have to imagine that as soon as you're getting stuff in, it's shipping right out. I mean, not to yes. say that it still didn't take up space, but you know, you're kind of in this rotation with it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mentioned that, you know, you said you had an announcement that you were going to make in February when we last recorded. 
Do you, <laughs> what was that announcement? Oh gosh, who knows? I'm sure at the time we were getting ready to launch some sort of Amazon class, but a lot of that took a back seat once everything went into lockdown, because once it went down into lockdown, if you weren't already in, if you weren't already set up, it was much harder to get going. So a lot of that took a backseat. But then as you know, um, then towards probably the end of 2020, we did, uh, Monica was doing them with me at that point. We did a lot of Amazon beginner Amazon classes I've done a lot of eBay classes since then and print-on-demand classes since then. Those, those are kind of the things that I love to do. That's kind of my passion project is I feel like reselling gives anybody anywhere an opportunity to change their life. Mm-hmm. And any time that I get to be a part of that, I am so excited. Yeah, I think that it probably was the beginner Amazon class, which... I would say was a pretty popular class, or I feel like I knew a lot of people who took your class. You know, you mentioned that in initially when the pandemic hit, if you weren't already ungated, you were kind of not going to be in a great situation. And, and what I know about Amazon is that to get ungated in different categories, you kind of have to sell It sounds like you have to sell the things that maybe people don't want to sell or not high profit margin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so then everything's a little bit different over there for sure. Okay. So for your course, I'm wondering, you know, since it did happen during the pandemic, how were people able to kind of eventually get ungated? I mean, was it still kind of just the same process of just finding those, those items that people didn't want to sell or whatever the case was? Yeah, it was a lot of uh, just figuring out what companies were still open. And when you go to get ungated on Amazon, you need an invoice from an authorized wholesaler saying that you have bought this product, whatever. Like, let's say to be ungated in Lego, you need to have bought 10 Lego units from an authorized wholesaler and have an invoice with your name, all of this stuff on it. So it was figuring out, okay, this wholesale company is still open and they will still provide an invoice. So it was a lot of that kind of juggling the places that maybe you were used to using weren't open anymore. So how can I kind of bob and weave a little bit? Got it. Do you feel like there was a point in the past three years where maybe somebody who wanted to start Amazon and 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 had seen a lot of people making a lot of money during this time. Do you feel like there's a period in time where it, it, it was like that ship had sailed? I don't think, I feel like the ship has sailed. I think the easy ship has sailed. Okay. So <laughs> if, if you want to start Amazon today, there is still a lot of money to be made on Amazon for sure. But the idea that I could just order a bunch of puzzles off of Target and have them delivered to my house and sell them the same day, that ship has sailed. That was a blip in the matrix. But the idea that you could still, you can still make a lot of money on Amazon, that, that is still very much true. It's just a whole lot harder now. Got it. Okay. And then you said that 
really you guys were going hard on Amazon up until, let's see, you, you said summer of 2022. So not that long ago that 90% yeah. of your business was still that, but that, you know, you said you saw the writing was on the wall and that things were shifting and changing. You mentioned removing gating. So, right. That's kind of what we were talking about a second ago, which is a big barrier to entry for a lot of people because I don't sell on Amazon. Can you tell me a little bit of how it's changed? So let's say in 2020 to get on gated and Lego, there were three wholesale companies that you could order from and receive an invoice and get on gated and Lego. And 2022, they changed it. And now there were a hundred different places that you could order from and get ungated and let go. So that made life a whole lot easier, but in turn, it took down that barrier to entry. So now instead of when you would go to sell a Lego product on Amazon and there were 30 or 40 sellers, now last year we saw items with 400, 500, 600 sellers. When you're trying to compete for the buy box on Amazon, that one, you know, buy it now square against 600 people, that's a whole lot harder. Yeah, for sure. I I think I would feel salty if I was one of those people (laughs) from a long time ago (laughs) who had to buy from those three wholesalers. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I would sound like a curmudgeon and I would think, oh, I remember when you had to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. There are... a lot of us that, yeah, have been selling for a long time. And, we're, you know, I paid a lot of money for like my Nike Ungate, a lot of money. And now mm-hmm. it's it's not a lot of money at all. No, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know what? That's, that's how life works. Yeah. So, so in thinking about Amazon at this moment, you know, what percentage of your business would you say that it is today? Um, Today, right now, we're probably 50-50 Amazon mm-hmm. to eBay. It depends on the month, maybe 60-40 leaning towards eBay. Mm-hmm. Do you it, think it'll always be a like a seasonal thing as well, just because of, you know, thinking about Q4 and Amazon? Yeah, because once Q4 hits, we will more than likely be back to 90-10 Amazon. Because Q4 on Amazon is just so so good that I don't think we will ever give that up but Mm -hmm. and we subsequently we make a large part of our income in Q4 Mm -hmm. but so with eBay and kind of the backing away that you did in early 2020 you know I say backing away which sounds nice and delicate but was it did you back away or was it like a total abandonment I think for us, it was a dramatic cosmic shove because we didn't have, we didn't have a backlog. We've never had a death pile. We are, we've always been the type of people that like, if I buy it this week, it will be listed this week. So Mm -hmm. we didn't have any inventory. So we had no, and I had no way to get inventory. And when we first, when the pandemic first hit, we were still very much eBay. And so the first liquidation lots we brought in were specific for eBay, thinking that that is how we would shift. And that's how then we would make it through the pandemic. And then it just, it just didn't work. And the opportunities for Amazon just started coming at us fast and furious. 
And so it was like the universe said, no, you're not going to do eBay right now. You're going to go and do Amazon. We were like, okay. <laughs> so in thinking about death pile, right? The, the famous word death pile. What are your thoughts on death piles now after that situation being the pandemic? I think the the pandemic was a rare once in a lifetime occasion. And so I am still anti death pile. I think that is money and that is capital. And when you start to look at your ROI and your turns, so how often your inventory turns, that death pile is a huge negative in your asset column because it's not listed anywhere. It has no potential value until it is listed. You know, we can say I bought this item for $4 and it should sell for 50. And that may be true, but it has no potential value if it's not listed anywhere. All it is, is a negative $4 for you. Right. So I am still, we are very much no death pile. We still, the things that I sourced yesterday, I have half of them already listed by three o'clock today. That's, that is still very much our model. Okay. We'll come over to my place next, Cindy. (laughs) You know, I would, and I love to list. So I would just be there. I would have so much fun. (laughs) Well, I would love to have you here. So you're welcome anytime. You know, in thinking about when you kind of, you said this cosmic shove that you did with eBay, you know, I mean, did the store totally shut down or did you like, if people bought stuff, you guys shipped it out. Did you try and like auction off all of that inventory? Has it just sat for, you know, two and a (laughs) half, three years now? What happened to it? We did just leave it open and things continued to sell, which was fantastic. Uh, Going into the pandemic, we probably had 2,500 items on eBay. And so they did, they continued to sell and we continued to ship. We always knew we wanted to keep that store open. We wanted to maintain the footprint that we had on eBay and keep that conversion rate as as high as we could. And so things continued to sell. And then as we would get returns from Amazon or if we had a product that, you know, the price tanked on or whatever, then we would sell that product on eBay to keep that store moving and keep product moving through that store. So yes, we continued to do that. We have probably, totally honest, we probably have a hundred, maybe 150 items that are just, they were, there was this beautiful moment when everything opened back up. I'm sure you remember. And Mm -hmm. everything opened back up and every store, every product was like $2. Like you could order off of, you know, wherever, like a TJ Maxx kind of a website and things were like $3 with free shipping. And there were a few products that I got a little overzealous and a little overexcited <laughs> and I shouldn't have ordered and we still have them. <laughs> it was so exciting. It was like brand new stuff for $3. Right. It's $3. Yeah, it's $3 and an extra, extra small and a brand no one's ever heard of. It wasn't even <laughs> worth the $3. <laughs> but it was $3. But it was $3. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. So in building back up your eBay store, because I mean, people can be building up their, be building back up their eBay stores at any point for any reason. I mean, yours was related to obviously, you know, Amazon taking now a little bit of a backseat, you know, what have you done 
to rebuild it. And I ask this because I feel like it could be helpful for others to hear. Um, I feel like the first thing that we did is we recognized that we needed to increase our conversion rate. In order to get items to sell, we needed them to be hitting the front page. And in order to do that, we needed to prove to eBay that we were once again sellers that were going to bring good products to market, that people were going to want, that they were going to bid on whatever, that we're going to sell quickly. That's what eBay wants to see. eBay wants to see items that convert. That's how they make their money. So that makes sense. So when we started to say, okay, we're going to rebuild this store with intent, we really focused on only bringing in products that would sell in under 30 days. So it doesn't matter if it's $4 and it'll sell for 200. If it's going to take six months, we passed on it Mm -hmm. because we needed that conversion rate back so that our items would rank. The other way to do that, of course, is to pay eBay a whole bunch of money and promoted listing fees. But that's not my game. I don't like to do that. I don't want to give Amazon or eBay any more money than they already take. (laughs) <laughs> and we that we could find products that would sell quickly so we could build up that conversion rate and then slowly start to filter in those $200 items that do take longer to sell. But we needed those quick converters first. I know firsthand how exhausting it can be to manage all the tasks in my reselling business, like listing, bookkeeping, and more. But I've found a solution that has given me back my time and allowed me to grow my business, hiring a virtual assistant. And now I want to share that solution with you. That's why I've created an online course called Hiring a Virtual Assistant for Your Reselling Business. With this course, you'll learn everything you need to know to find, train, and manage a virtual assistant like a pro. And because I want to make this course accessible to everyone, I'm offering a special coupon code, flip the script that gives you $10 off at checkout. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your reselling business to the next level. Sign up now at hiringava.com and let's enjoy the freedom and fun of growing our businesses together. Again, you can sign up at hiringava.com. So for somebody listening and they're thinking, okay, yeah, great. Like in a perfect world, I would buy things that sold in under 30 days. You know, they might be wondering, well, how do I know? How do you know what sells in under 30 days? Is this an answer that is, you know, for you, the things that you're picking up that you you say sell in under 30 days, is the answer unique to you or is there, you know, how are you finding this information? So for us specifically, it would be unique to us because it's items that we had sold before. I mean, I've sold on eBay for over 20 years now. So we have that information to pull from. Mm -hmm. But if I was brand new looking for what products can I sell, I would be going in and searching eBay solds. But because people hide their solds, I don't look at conversion. I don't look at how many completeds there are versus how many solds. So I feel like that is skewed information now. I look for items that get multiple bids at auction because mm. auction items aren't doing overly well, especially in the used clothing area right now. So if an item is in the used clothing category and it got multiple bids at auction, 
then I know that there is high demand for it. So that's an item then that I'm going to look at at being a fast converting item. Interesting. I like that answer. <laughs> do you use ter- do you use Terapeak to go and and find that information? No. no. I I'm sure I should and I'm sure there's a lot of great information on Terapeak for sure. But again, you're looking at past information. So you're mm-hmm. looking at the past 60 to 90 days. So like right now it is June 20th, 60 days ago, sweaters might have been selling well, but right. they're not going to sell well for the next 60 days. Yeah. So that's not a good indicator of things to come. Right. It's a good indicator if I want to buy liquidation and I'm thinking, okay, you know, when are sweaters going to peak, then it is fantastic. But outside of that, no, I really want to know the, those option numbers. Well, and I think that another layer of this that can make it more challenging as well is if we're talking about getting items from a thrift store and, you know, interesting to go look at auctions and see what's getting really high bids. However, I do also think that there's the element to it of what's available in your area, right? I mean, we could look all day at at what brands are getting a lot of traction So is that something then you keep in mind when you're doing your search? Do you kind of look at, Oh yeah. um, You know what, maybe seasonally or, or just the area that you live in, obviously, I mean, you're in uh, Illinois, right. And so hot summers, cold winters. Uh Uh-huh. Very much so. (laughs) Um, But no, so if I am looking to build my store today and I need high converting items, I am going to go into eBay and I'm not just looking at this one, I'm not in the thrift store. So I'm not holding a sweater asking myself, is this specific sweater going to be high converting? I'm at home and I'm wanting to build a list. Then I'm going to go in and I'm going to search those solds, but I'm going to search those solds for within 30 miles of my zip code. So you can set that filter right on eBay. And I'm going to look at then only items that are within where, however many miles I'm willing to drive to my specific area. Then I'm going to sort them by the sold items. Then I'm going to sort them again by items that are selling between, let's say, $20 and $50. Because, yes, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there is someone selling Chanel for $10,000 here. I'm not going to find that at the thrift store. <laughs> I need to find, but I'm probably going to be able to find those $20 to $50 items. Right. So now I have a list of sold items that were found in my area that will sell between $20 and $50. Then I'm going to look at, okay, here is, you know, my idea is amazing taste. So here's amazing taste. She's got a lot of feedback. She's got a lot of items. I'm going to look at her solds and see what is she selling? She's clearly buying in my area and I'm going to look. Some people right. might not like that but it makes the most sense to me. I want to know. And then I'm going to go and look at their store and I'm going to say, okay, they're listing a lot of these items and they're selling a lot of these items. They have quick conversion rates. Right. No, that makes a ton of sense, Cindy. And now everybody's going to go search your store that lives in your area. (laughs) Well, you know, they already have, so it's not a problem. (laughs) Because it, it really then does become, that's what gives you the starting point. Then right. you figure out what sells best for you. Now, to this day, there are some items that I 
cannot sell for the life of me. But the person who does live in my area, she sells them like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. You have a unique footprint or, you know, unique data with your store. So the things that you sell are always going to be different than the things that I sell. So that just, that other person's store gives you a starting point, but then you have to pay attention to your own personal sales. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. You know, in, in thinking about eBay in general, right, because you kind of took a little vacation from it for the past few years, Mm -hmm. now coming back to it, were there any, you know, did you feel like there were any big changes or things that you liked or you didn't like that had happened during that time? Because I think in general, eBay has itself has been through some changes. I mean, not just as, as, you know, a selling platform, but internally as a company. So yeah, I'm just curious if there was anything that you liked or didn't like when you, you know, you started listing again. Because we had kept our toe in it. So I, you know, was abreast of all of the changes as they were happening. Wasn't necessarily that. I think there was a mindset shift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people have this where they feel like, Amazon is, Amazon is the creme de la creme, like Amazon's the top. And so, and maybe not, maybe this is just me, but like people seem to think like, oh, look at that Amazon person because the gross sales numbers that they show can be really, really high. Mm -hmm. Those are gross sales numbers, which have nothing to do with profit, but those numbers are really, really high. And so there was a part of me that felt like, are we failing if we go back to eBay? Are we, you know, taking a step backwards? Mm-hmm. Are we missing something? Are we doing something wrong? And being able to just step back and say, no, we're just following where the profit is. We have right. very specific profit goals for, you know, just keeping up with life. Let's be honest. So we were just follow- following those profit goals, but kind of that mindset shift of getting back into eBay and recognizing that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, looking at the changes and kind of the moves that you guys made quickly during this time, you know, I, I don't think it, you know, as an outsider, I don't think it's a negative. I think that you were really smart, right? (laughs) You (laughs) followed the money, right? You saw an opportunity, you went with it. It turned out to be a great decision. And then when you saw a shift change in like the past year or so, you thought, okay, now we need to change with it, right? Like that, you know, the, the amazing opportunity that happened during that time is, you know, it's not necessarily as plentiful as it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe for a good reason, right? There's no more pandemics. That's a great thing. It's a win. (laughs) There's wins all around that happen Mm -hmm. in there. And, and, and it's also really great that you have eBay and reselling to kind of then come back to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think we learned a lot, at least I did personally through the pandemic. Like you think, Probably when we talked in 2020, I still had this mindset of make as much money as possible, make as much money as possible. And then when the pandemic hit and we were all locked down, I think that 
at least for me, it really kind of shifted my focus into what's really important in life. Um, mm -hmm. And so as we have come out of it, we could still be doing Amazon and we could still be putting up those huge numbers, but we sat down and said, you know what, we can do that. Or we can come over here, follow this profit and retire in seven years. And we went, mm -hmm. that sounds better. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, let's, let's do this and just sock away money and take a very early retirement, which Matt always says, I will never retire, which is true. Cause I won't be able to <laughs> But I will have the option to sit still if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's about having the option. I think that that's what really matters. Because, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, then keep doing it. I don't know, until you don't enjoy it anymore. That just seems to make sense in life. You know, okay, so when we last spoke, you know, you sold on, we were going through your platforms. I mean, it's pretty mm -hmm. much every platform, right, that we mm -hmm. can name that you've either tried out yes. or you're currently still doing. I mean, one thing that you talked about at the time is really just looking at, you know, is are the platforms that you're putting your items onto really, is it worth the time, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, you have a number for you and Matt of like what you value your time at mm -hmm. and is it worth putting your time onto those platforms. So now that you've, you know, come back to eBay, what other platforms are you finding yourself coming back to? So we are currently still on Amazon, of course, um, mm -hmm. still on eBay. We are selling you select items on Mercari and then we still have print on demand, but that's it. Okay. I mean, that, that's a, a very much smaller list than yes. when we last spoke. Yes. And part of that is that mindset shift that happened for me in 2020 of recognizing I don't have to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do everything. And I had it in my head. I don't know where I read it, but like most multimillionaires have seven streams of income or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that very well may be true. But I don't need to make a million dollars this year. I mm -hmm. need to make enough to pay for my kids' college and, you know, live comfortably and retire. So mm -hmm. I don't need to make a million dollars this year. So I don't need to spread myself that thin. Mm -hmm. And just kind of giving ourselves permission to say, where's, where's our time best spent? And just let everything else go. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on that note, you know, saying spread yourself thin and, and talking about, you know, being able to retire in seven years. I mean, what I'm picking up on here is, you know, to correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> maybe that these past three years, you worked a ton, mm -hmm. <laughs> like lots and lots and lots of hours, more than we can think of in mm -hmm. this moment. And which was great and provided money and opportunities, which is great. But what you've come back to is, you know, what time means to you, maybe, you know, what you value, which is family, which is if we really go back in time, which is what has maybe kept you and Matt as resellers having oh. this freedom and ability. Am I yeah. wording this correctly? Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent because our, our goal has always been to be able to be with our kids and then provide them 
with the things that, you know, we wanted them to be able to go to college and not graduate with lots and lots of debt. So pay for kids college. We wanted, you know, we had this list of things that we wanted to be able to do, but then we recognized we don't need to add things to that list so that we can look cool to other people. You mm-hmm. know, like I think there's a lot of that that goes on in all of our lives where you feel like you have to, you have to do this. Or as an entrepreneur, you feel like I have to do this because I can. There's right. this opportunity here and I need to do it because I could do it. I have the time to do it. Right. I, you know, we could add in two or three more platforms right now. We could, we know how to, we've got the inventory, we've got the capital. We could, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And there's some freedom in that of being able to say, I'm good. I'm good right here. I don't need to do everything. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it resonates with me. It's not my interview, but I'm like, yeah, I'm with you, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think people, whether you're a reseller or you're not a reseller, you can probably relate to this because if we think about somebody who works an office job, right, for instance, mm-hmm. and you can come in and work early mornings and stay late and work late nights in order to be able to get the promotions that you want to eventually be the VP Mm -hmm. or CEO of the company, but it all comes at a cost. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 And do I want to pay that cost? And if you do, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want to drive a Maserati. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm -hmm. We just decided for us, I don't know, didn't really care. You know, like right. it really wasn't that important. And yeah. if it means that, you know, we are done working by two o'clock in the afternoon every day, we'll take that instead. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> so, you know, like not uh, to be entirely honest, neither one of us is working full time at this point. It's just, we don't have to, and we yeah. still then can make the amount of money that we need to make to meet our financial goals. So could we do more? Of course, but we don't have to. And yeah. all of those years I was saying, we did this for freedom of time that, you know, that it allowed us to have freedom. But when we really stopped to think about it, it was, do we really, am I still mm-hmm. working on a Sunday afternoon? Well, yeah. Well then do I really have freedom of time? Or have mm-hmm. I just traded my nine to five for a 24 seven? Right. And how, right. how can we shift this then? How can we reframe things so that we really do have freedom of time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You know, and now that your kids are older and, you know, I don't know their ages and everything. Um, I was gonna say off the top of my head, but just in general, I don't know. But You know, I I think back to when my son was in daycare, and the moment he went to school from daycare, we joked that my husband and I joked that we got a raise, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're no longer having to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Do you yet have that feeling now that your kids are older? Have you, you know, have you gotten that raise? (laughs) I mean, in saying that, you know, you're stopping working at two, I'm thinking in my head, well, maybe they don't have as much to pay for. No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, Because (laughs) we still, we still have two out of the three in college. And so we are still paying college. Got it. Costs. And we are still then paying car insurance and 
cell phone bills and all of those things, but that's okay. You know, I would right. um, do that every day of the week. So, um, right. Absolutely. Yes. But hopefully we are two years from that raise. Not okay. Good. We are two years from everybody being completely self-sufficient. So. Okay. Well, okay. I was just curious. I wanted you to give me hope. <laughs> oh yes. We're to... definitely, we're definitely winding down on it, which is yeah. college is insanely expensive, but mm-hmm. then yeah, we look at when we don't have that anymore. Right. Holy cow. This is yeah. going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's hard to imagine, right? Like what, what could life look like in that moment? It's just oh. when you, yeah. Let me know. I'm I'm definitely going to follow up and live vicariously through you. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. We are already planning like the the vacation that just Matt and I are taking that moment. Like <laughs> your I do not have to pay for your college anymore. All right. Me, you know. Yes. Like, Celebrate. This is, <laughs> this is where I'm going today. that's so funny oh yeah okay and you know you mentioned the print on demand which we did talk about Mm -hmm. last time that we spoke you know it was a part of your business you named multiple print on demand places that you sold your items on has it in terms of you know the percentage of your business has it changed did it increase decrease um at all oh yeah so the vast majority of our print on demand money comes from merch by Amazon, mm-hmm. which is Amazon's like t-shirt design product. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vast majority of our print on demand print on demand money comes from there. It slow it didn't slow, it stayed steady, I will say. So uh print on demand has paid my mortgage for the last five years. Wow. Um, and so it stayed really consistent through the pandemic. There were a couple of months there where it was shut down entirely. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, it has continued fair mortgage. Now, within the last year, we have gotten back into it. When we were doing so much merchant fulfilling on Amazon, there just wasn't time. But in the last year, we have started to build up more and uh, brand some of our own products and build some social media around those products, which is super exciting mm-hmm. so we can drive our own traffic. So that's been great. I did write the book in last fall. I wrote, I wrote a book just because I'd always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe everybody says, you know, someday I want to write a book. Yeah. Um, and so I did that last fall. So that was KDP. So that brought in a nice, you know, bit, but I wrote one. I think I'm done. I think I'm good there. I think I can cross <laughs> that off my list. That was yeah. way more work than I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was going to be a lot of work. So, so yeah, but we're pretty much at this point, then we do bring in some money from KDP just off of a catalog of items that we already had pretty much focused into merch by Amazon. And really Got it. And, and your book, was it reselling related? Yes. Oh, yes. Interesting. And specifically eBay? No, specific, not specific at all to a platform, but more how to scale your business, no matter what reselling platform you're on, you have this home-based business. How do you set those markers? How do you mm-hmm. stay motivated? How do you, you know, stay on task and that sort of thing? 
throughout yeah. trying to scale a business. So not just buy more product, list more. Right. That, that's mm-hmm. great. But how do you actually do that? Yeah. You I actually, could have used that book. <laughs> how do you <laughs> actually figure out how to scale a business? Mm-hmm. How do you get to a place where you don't have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Okay. I could still use that book. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No, it, that's, that's smart. Then I created an entire workbook to go with it so that like you can read the book and then you can do the workbook alongside of it. It was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. I loved the process. I had uh, helped other authors publish books before to kind of understood the system, but it was fun to be able to do it for myself and Matt did the cover art for me and all of that. So it, it was a fun project, but yeah, I definitely have done one and now I'm done. So. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's got to be a ton of work. So that kind of, you know, the, the how to scale and grow a business kind of leads me into thinking about the coaching that you've done mm-hmm. in the past. You know, what does your coaching look like today? Um, so currently I have a very private uh, discord group that is currently not accepting members. So I feel free to talk about it. I always feel weird selling people, like I'm going to sell people things and that's not it at all. So it's currently <laughs> closed. Um, it is more mastermind and less how to. So I always wanted to have a group where people who were really good in a lot of different areas could come together and share what they brought to the table. You know, I always think about your podcast, this podcast, this way, your, this podcast really highlights everybody brings something different to the table. Everybody has a a different story, a different background, something that they excel at. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to create this group where those people who excelled at those things could come in and talk about that. And then if you wanted to, if you wanted to grow Poshmark, there was some, there's somebody there who will talk to you about Poshmark. If Mm -hmm. you want to figure out how to change the shipping settings on Mercari, there's somebody there who's doing that. You want to learn to do wholesale on Amazon. There's somebody who has done that. It's a very small, more mastermind class. Um, It will have openings probably August, September-ish, depending on what the group votes on. But then, yeah, it's it's very, very private and very small because people are really giving up their time. Yeah. You know, really sharing those kinds of things. So, but that's what I've always wanted. I never wanted to, you know, be the biggest influencer. I never, I never wanted to do any of that. I just wanted this like group of friends that you could go in and you could say, Hey, I don't understand this or look at this. I just did this and have a group that would be genuinely happy for you. Yeah. Genuinely excited for you. So that's what we're creating over there. Okay. Well, good to know it's going to open in August and September. Cause I have a feeling people are going to ask about that. <laughs> have you thought about, you know, when we last spoke, you know, you did say that you were doing these 30 person, which not necessarily a small group, maybe if, I don't know what people consider mm-hmm. small, but 30 person groups. Is there a thought of revisiting that at all? Not right now. Yeah. Just not right now. Never say never. Right. But uh, we're, re- I'm very, very protective of my time at this point. Yeah. And so, you know, the, 
the coaching groups never had the time ROI that reselling does. We've mm-hmm. always made more money reselling, yeah, um, which is fantastic. I think that good coaches are people who who actually are in the trenches doing it. Right. Um, but it's always been a passion project for me. I absolutely love helping people figure this out. My hope is that out of this discord will come new coaches, mm-hmm. new people who have courses, new influencers that will help people grow their businesses, you know, and it kind of just trickles down, I guess. It definitely does. I mean, I've met, I told you last time I've met so many people who said that they took Cindy's whatever <laughs> course. I mean, yeah, I've of all different kinds, Amazon, I don't want to say eBay. Cause I think it was mm-hmm. just like reselling in general, but maybe it was eBay. Was it yeah. eBay specific? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Okay. I started yeah. with eBay specific ones. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So no shortage of people who have learned from you. So I'm sure there's, yeah, lots of grateful, grateful people in this community, you know, in thinking about the rest of 2023, because here we are pretty much halfway through it at this point, mm-hmm. you know, what are, what are yours and Matt's plans for the business for the rest of the year? So for the rest of the year, I envision for the rest of the summer, we will push against eBay. I'd really like to get as many items into that eBay store as possible. We do still have a fairly high conversion rate, so it's not going to grow a whole lot, but that's okay. Getting more of those $100, $200 items in to set us up for Q4. And then come probably August, we will start to switch back to Amazon. Um, August, we'll start back to school. And then we're right into Halloween and then right into Christmas. So we will then shift back to that. Alongside of that, we want to be putting up a whole bunch more designs on merch and building out. So we have the brand Gen X Humor. So if you're a Gen Xer, mm, okay. um, so that is, there's an Instagram, there's all of the stuff for Gen X Humor and building out that social media brand so that it will push product. So I can go on my Gen X humor and say, hey, I made this Gen X humor design on merch and get sales right away from it. So that's awesome. I wonder if I've seen it before. Now I'm going to go check out the Instagram page. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a lot of fun. And it's nice because it's not my face. So it's not me. And so the idea is that eventually those products will be on their own web page. And mm-hmm. then that becomes a business that is sellable because yeah. my amazing taste store, that's me. The brand right. is me. I can't sell that to anyone else. <laughs> but if I have a social media and a website that drives its own traffic, mm-hmm. uh, then that becomes a sellable business. So, yeah. That's and cool. well, you know, kind of on that note, you know, saying that amazing taste store is you kind of, uh, you know, a little tangent here, but do people sell their eBay stores? I feel like they probably do. Can you sell your eBay store or is that like against policy? I don't know. I'm, I won't say for certain. I think you can sell (laughs) your eBay store, but again, so much of your eBay store is you. It is your knowledge of what sells, especially if you're running a thrift store model you can't download your brain into somebody else. Now you could sell 
all of the inventory that you had in your store. You could sell this. The store has some value uh, just because it has feedback and it has a buying history and that sort of thing. So there is some value to it, but it's not going to be like a business valuation. When you look at a business valuation, you look at, you know, how much how much revenue it brings in a year, and then you 10X that or 5X that, and then that's your business valuation. So an eBay store is going to be a very, very small fraction of that. Right. That's true. Okay. Well, I guess I'm not selling my eBay store then. (laughs) (laughs) But you could sell, if you have though contracts with companies, those contracts become very valuable. Very true. Yeah. Yes, that's true. What about Amazon stores? Do people sell their Amazon stores? That I think would have value, wouldn't it? Because yes. of being ungated. Uh-huh. People do sell Amazon stores because of the ungates and because of feedback and that sort of thing. If so right now we're in the process of trademarking Gen X humor so that then it will be able to be this is so wordy then it will be able to be on the brand registry so that we can list products on Amazon underneath our brand uh-huh then that has a larger value because now you don't just have an account again you have a brand with it a brand that is trademarked a brand that's on the registry so interesting it's a, it's a whole kind of bigger deal. And then that'll be your retirement fund when you sell that. Yeah, I will probably <laughs> never sell it. <laughs> or the kids will inherit it someday. It. Maybe I'll Ex- do that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I the seven-year mark does not involve selling that at all because I won't be ready to sell it for sure. I absolutely right. love it. I think it's so much fun. But yes, at some point then when we are really ready to just stop working altogether, then we could hand the keys over to someone else and say, here, yeah. you and sell it. Yeah. Um, because it it will have value because I don't have to, Matt and I don't have to be a part of it in order for it to continue to run. And that's right. kind of the key to, do you own a business or do you have a really great paying job? If your business can run without you entirely, like you could go away for a month and your business would be perfect on its own, then you have a business. Mm -hmm. If you need to be there to still make buying decisions, to still make pricing decisions, whatever, you have a really great paying job. Nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but it's not sellable as a business. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, my last (laughs) question for you, Cindy, is... If you could go back in time to January, I think, what did I say? 12th, (laughs) to be Uh specific, January 12th, 2020, uh, when we last spoke and give yourself a piece of advice. I'm curious, what would you have said to yourself? Probably buy toilet paper. Um, (laughs) Beyond that, I think I would just say, buckle up and enjoy the ride because it's going to be wild, Mm -hmm. but don't. I have a tendency to stress and worry about everything. So just enjoy it because it's going to be wild, but it's going to be okay. Lean Mm -hmm. into what you know, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you look back on and you say, oh yeah, you know, maybe don't do that. Don't be scared. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, you know, like we, no matter how many times I sold out of puzzles in a day, I would think, well, today's got to be the last day that happens. 
Mm-hmm. And so then I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy as many as I could have. I wouldn't go yeah. as deep as I could have. And I should have just trusted my instincts and went deep. But yeah, we should have. We still did. We still did fantastic. So I have a hard time saying that even because we did really, really well. No, I, I get that sentiment completely. I mean, it's like you already have taken one risk and you're trying to in that risk, you're still trying to be like a little bit conservative. Exactly. <laughs> you're um, like, let's not go too crazy. But then it, you know, I mean, sure. Yes. If you look back on it, you're like, okay, well, if I had gone too crazy, um, maybe <laughs> I would have had the Maserati. No, maybe not. Exactly. Maserati, but <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, and I know that, you know, you were buying large liquidation lots at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, you know, exactly what I'm saying. Like you could have gone just a little bit deeper and then, right. and it would have been okay, but yes, absolutely. In that moment, it's hard to know, Yeah, you know, in those moments, it's so hard to know what's going to be the right decision, the wrong decision. Yeah. And it was, you know, really a once in a lifetime event. So yes. there was no playbook. There was nothing to look back on, you know, like right now the economy is soft. I've been through a soft economy before. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly how to play this. I knew exactly how to set up my listings so that I'm pushing multiple sales to buyers. I know exactly how to play this. Right. But the pandemic, no clue. Like that was just right Right. behind. Right. I mean, yeah. Like you said, when it first came about and you felt really, you know, a lot of anxiety or upset about it, because for all we knew, this was going to be a time that could have ended our businesses. Mm -hmm. But I guess what we weren't thinking about initially at the time was, oh gosh, this is going to be a great time for online. Yeah. But but how would we have known? Exactly. (laughs) It's it's so hard to know. But at the same time, I think that people who had a resale business during that time, who took risks and got creative, reaped Uh some rewards for it, which is also very exciting. Yeah. And I think that there are always, maybe not to that extent, but there are always going to be those types of opportunities with reselling. Mm -hmm. There are always going to be those areas where there are holes in the market where you can jump into and do really well and make life-changing money. Now, maybe not Maserati money, but (laughs) life-changing money. You know, if you make an extra three or $4,000 every month, that could change your life. Yeah. So, you know, there's always going to be that opportunity in reselling. It's why all of our children, no matter the fact of what they are doing today, they all know how to resell. They Mm -hmm. all have been taught. They all know how to list on eBay. They all know how to run an Amazon store. They all know how to scan products at a store. Because if you ever find yourself where in a position where you don't have money or in a job you hate, reselling opens up options for you. It really does. And that's so smart that you've taught your kids that. I mean, I I suppose it probably just happens by default. If you live in the house, you're going to have to help. (laughs) And eventually you're going to figure things out. But it is a skill that, you know, I've talked about this many times with people on the podcast. It's just, if you can learn it and make it work for you in the times in your life that you need it, it can be extremely helpful. It's a way to get I don't want to say it's like a get rich quick scheme because it's not, but no. you can, you can make quick cash, maybe not yeah. stacks, but 
yes. enough to get you through whatever you might be going through. Exactly. Exactly. You're never going to go hungry if right. you know how to sell things on eBay. Like that's it's just what I feel is truth. I think that, you know, no matter where you're at in life, you always have things you could sell. Maybe you don't want to, but you could. And right. so if you know how to do that, then at least you're never going to go hungry. And our son, um, our oldest son actually has his accounting accounting degree and was working at a financial firm and then 2020 hit and they went remote and all of this. And he just didn't like it. He Mm -hmm. just was unhappy in that job. So for two years, they sold on Amazon, did really, really well, made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And now he's gone back and he has a different full-time job, but he's still selling on Amazon because they have a goal to retire by 40. So amazing. That's going to take both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're still, you know, just selling Amazon. That's why I say there's still a lot of opportunity there because between his full-time job and her doing then Amazon full-time and he does it part-time, they will retire by the time they're 40. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, that's really great. And, and I'm like, geez, I'm going to be 40 next year. Wish that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's a great skill. It's a great skill to have. And whether you choose to kind of move forward with it or it just kind of gets you through a time, a time in your life, you know, it's something you'll never forget and something you'll always be able to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I happen to think it's a lot of fun, but you know, I do too, but you know what (laughs) selling, as I think you said, when we last spoke, you said selling used sweaters on the internet, when you have to tell other people, that's what you do. It's not the most glamorous job for everybody. And that's, that's just fine with us, Cindy. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit less competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And the older I get, the less I care what you think about my jobs. That too, that part too, because you're finished at two o'clock and everyone else is working till five. So (laughs) yeah, you know what? I don't And you know what? I've worked in my pajamas today. So (laughs) I'm good. I mean, I wouldn't categorize mine as pajamas, but if other people looked at me, they'd probably say, yeah, that looks like pajamas. Right. Yes. I have started doing daily videos for my discord simply because it forces me to not look homeless Um, (laughs) because yeah, it it has gotten a little rough there. Yeah. (laughs) Too much of a good good. thing. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, comfort matters. So, well, thank you so much, Cindy. This has been so much fun. And we will have to speak again, you said in a couple of years, when, once you get that uh, daycare increase. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I will call in from the beach at that point. Yes, right. (laughs) I'll, I'll be like, how's Aruba? How's your Mai Tai? How's your whatever? Exactly. Yes. That is well, thank you so much. And I guess I'll talk to you. Well, I'll talk to you soon, not in a couple of years, but yeah, (laughs) we'll update in a couple of years. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thanks again to Cindy for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, you can find Cindy on Instagram under the username amazing taste store and all of that information will be in the show notes of this episode for you. I hope you all have a wonderful week, get some sunshine in, but don't forget to keep on listing and keep on selling.